Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. So much going on in the tennis world right now. Obviously, all eyes turn to Roland Garros for the French Open, where we have the semifinals of the men's and women's singles and doubles coming up this weekend. Obviously, on the challenger level, uh, there's a ton of fun to play there for the men. In, in the U.S., they're in Little Rock for the men and women. They're playing in Surbiton on the grass, so... Tons of fun things to be prepared for. It's crazy that it's already grass tennis season, but that's something to be thinking out, uh, about moving forward. We are so happy to be joined on today's Cracked Interviews podcast. Speaking of Roland Garros, there's no one better to talk to than someone who's won the event, regardless of what division. So we are so happy today to have a former French Open uh, girls junior singles champion, a former world junior number one, Whitney Osigwe. Welcome to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Hello, thank you. Uh, so I worked on a long time on that pronunciation. I think I saw a video with the USTA where you said someone once pronounced it Osejway or something. Yeah, I've gotten all kinds of things like Osajwe, <laughs> Like there's there's just so many different pronunciations that I get every single time, whether it's from refs commentators, players, there's a lot of different names that I get. <laughs> oh, Swigway is an interesting one. Like, sw- like that is, I, I don't know, there's no W. I don't see the W. Yeah, I think, like, the U and the I confuse people a lot. <laughs> well, then, to clarify, it is Osigway for our listeners, and I just want to start here. I know uh, you just finished up exams for your uh, high school year. How nice is it to have that off of your chest? It's nice. I literally, after I finished my last exam, I went around the house screaming, I'm done with high school. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to open a book again unless I want to. So. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. And I also, I learned uh, that you skipped a grade and I want to say, maybe I'm not trying to one-up you here, but you're a world junior champion. So I got to get someone to have respect as someone else who skipped a grade. That's pretty awesome. You're done with school, you know high school at 17. Yeah, I know. I was super excited. Yeah, it's a little, little humble brag there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And I know, you know, before that, you got back uh, from Paris. You were over there playing the qualifying. You know, how was your trip to Europe overall? What You know, you I know you didn't qualify for the main draw, which I'm sure was your goal. But just what was your takeaway from that trip? Yeah, there was a lot. It was really nice just being back in Paris again, which is my favorite city. And playing at my favorite Grand, Grand Slam and obviously it was my first time playing pros even though it might not have gone the way I wanted it was definitely a great experience and seeing the new changes that they made to the site was also really awesome what do you think about the new stadium and everything it was really nice I was there last year just for the world champions dinner so I went to one of the I think Maruda against Maria Sharapova so I went to that match and just to see the difference from last year to this year and what they could change in a year was amazing you mentioned Paris is your favorite city. Uh, what are you doing in your off time when you're in Paris? Why is it? What's so special about it? Um, I don't know. I, the shopping's great. Um, <laughs> the food is great, and I just like the like, Eiffel Tower, and I just think it's really pretty. Oh, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get a Whitney Osigway bl- vlog out of it because I would have expected to watch your journeys through all of Paris, and that leads me to one of my most important questions. We'll get into all of the tennis stuff, but. In my research for this, you know, I'm YouTubing clips. I want to see former interviews you've done so that I don't ask similar questions. And I come across a Whitney Osigwe vlog. Now, I have to ask, what are the origins of the vlog? You know, how did you come about doing that? And just, I guess, on a 
more serious note, where do you find the confidence to, you know, put yourself out there like that? Because it really is tremendous. Yeah, um, so I've just really been into YouTube for a long time, and I've watched a lot of, <laughs> like, different vloggers do their thing, and I thought it was pretty cool. And I don't know, one day I was just with my friend, and I was like, you know what, like, let's vlog today. And I we went <laughs> by the camera, we, like, set it up, we were vlogging, and I just really like editing them, making them, and I think it's nice to show people a little bit what I'm like off the corner because obviously they see what I am like on the court a lot. So it was awesome. I imagine you put together the music. Yes. <laughs> oh, Drake is never a bad choice. That's what I'll say. It was good. And then <laughs> interesting popcorn choice. I'm more of a kettle, just straight kettle, my guy. Uh, again, I, I watch this, so I have thoughts, I have takes if you want to hear them. Oh, uh, I love that you watched it. Yeah, well, the putt-putt was a bit too much. I couldn't handle it. I was like, I can't watch this. I feel weird. Um, But that's just my perspective for whatever it's worth. Um, No, I just, I'm really curious because I I really do think something like that, given you're a young professional who's had so much success, I imagine you get a lot of questions through social media, just interaction with fans on that. And how important is it for you to have a channel like that where you get to communicate to fans on your own terms? Because again, you look so casual in those as opposed to maybe an interview like this where it's a little more formal. Yeah, um... I don't know. I just, I really, it's not like, as you probably could tell, I haven't really even talked about tennis at all on there. So I really just, I love that I'm able to do that and show everybody me off the court, like I said, and just like the fun side of me. And I like people giving me ideas on what to vlog and what kind of videos they like. So I think that's really cool. I mean, I believe someone asked you, I think, a question, what would you be doing if you weren't playing tennis and you said professional vlogger? Does that stand true today? <laughs> yes, but besides that, on a more serious <laughs> note, I also was really into, like, genetic, genetic engineering. So that, okay. would, that would be another option as well. Yeah, a little more serious note. Yeah, I mean, you're finishing high school at 17. That sounds right up your alley. Um, I, I do want to say, uh, stay on the serious note real quick because, again, when watching some of the questions you've been asked, you mentioned one of the things you want as you're moving forward through your tennis career is to find a way to use the tennis to help others uh, through some sort of cause, whatever it may be. And I know you're still young and there's still so much tennis ahead of you, but have you continued? to develop those thoughts at all you know where does that stand yeah um I just think tennis is a great platform that I'd be able to use to help those who didn't have the same opportunities that I had growing up and that I still have now and so even if I can just change not much just some lives that that would do it for me it's awesome. I mean, there's some way you can work vlogging into helping others. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll put a pin in that and get back to that later, I guess. But, um, you know, you talked about you growing up around the game of tennis. That seems like a perfect segue to talk about some of the other stuff. I know your dad and you've talked about how he was a coach at IMG and, you know, right from the get-go, uh, you had a racket in your hand. Uh, what was it about the game of tennis that appealed to you so much and why have you stuck with it, I guess, at such a serious level? for so long yeah my dad um he worked at IMG Academy um when I was younger and he just brought me out on the courts one day and I would just wear my Cinderella dresses and play (laughs) and have fun with it and I think I just grew to love the individualism of it like 
when I'm on the court, it's all me. Like, I get to make decisions, like, by myself. I don't really have other people helping me out with that, and I just really like that aspect of the game. I feel like as a fellow middle child, I always, also and forever, whatever it's worth, I know you have an older brother, younger sister. I have older brother, younger brother. I feel like that's why tennis appeals to us because oftentimes, you know, and this is maybe a stereotype, but, you know, the first child, they get a ton of the attention because they're going through everything first. The last child, and I'm sorry for swearing, but you don't want to f*** it up. So you're like, okay, we got to really focus on this one. And for us middle children, you know, we kind of like to chart our own path. And so you talk about the individuality of tennis. Um, again, how how does that appeal to you? Do you? Is it the fact that, you know, your wins, your losses, it's totally on you no matter what? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right with the stereotypes. I've heard that. The middle <laughs> child acts up to get attention and all that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I did get a lot of attention because my dad, um, he obviously coached me. So I got, I got his full attention for those couple of hours a day. But yeah, this individualism definitely appeals to me. I think that's also just like the kind of person I am. I, um, I have a very strong personality and I'm very individual and I like doing some things on my own. So, yeah, I mean, you deserve more attention because you're really good at tennis. So, like, yeah, I'd pay attention to you. Uh, you know, that makes a lot of sense. A uh, little stupid thing, but a fun note. Uh, again, I know your dad played professionally and, you know, competitiveness being a trait throughout your family. Do you remember the first time you beat him on a tennis court? Yes, and it actually wasn't that long ago. It was <laughs> it was a year ago, and I remember I was I did, we didn't even finish the set. I was up five one, thirty love, and my dog went to serve and he pulled his hamstring, so that counts as a default. And I was winning it. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, and what I mean, I how'd that feel? Great. I I rubbed it in his face for the longest time. I still do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's totally awesome. And if my dad taught, you know, that it's a hard, I imagine it was a high level of tennis. Who knows how that hammy's feeling? I think, I feel like you earned the right to play him again. <laughs> yes. You can't keep up now, though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's because, again, you're really freaking good at tennis. So it makes sense. Um, but sticking with the family, I know you have a, a family of athletes. We've mentioned your dad, but for your brother, he's a college basketball player. He played at IMG uh, while you were there. Your younger sister, also a high-level tennis player. Does it help that even though all of you are kind of at different stages and maybe doing different things to have you know other athletes in your family to turn to to kind of throw experiences off of? Yeah, it does. We're all really competitive with each other. Obviously, at the same time, we want the best for each other. And I think my brother's inspired me in so many different ways, no matter what level he's at in sport. And even my little sister has inspired me too. And it's really nice to see my little sister look up to me and try and do the things I do. So I'm always trying to set a good example from her and obviously learn from my brother. So mixed doubles, is it you and your sister versus your dad and brother? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we destroy them. We have to keep them. <laughs> I'd watch that match. I'm told there's you can do an IMG fundraiser off of that sort of match. That's the sort of entertainment. Yeah, they're looking for. Um, well, then speaking of IMG, see how I worked it in there. That's that's how I do my segues. Um, you know, g- growing up training there, uh, just having those resources available to you. How has that helped you develop as a tennis player? And even beyond, you know, the amazing facilities, because that's sort of obvious. Just having so many different types of players from different, uh, you know backgrounds different countries how has that benefited you both on and off the court 
Yeah, it definitely helped me become a better athlete, but more importantly, a better person. I mean, that's obviously like my home. Um, I've worked with all of the coaches, the nutritionists, the teachers, like everybody there has helped me and they really are family. And without them, I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> well, look, that's a good press answer, but even I guess, uh, all right, let's throw in a fun one here. I've been to IMG. I've seen those cafeterias. If you could throw one thing off the cafeteria menu forever, what would it be? Oh, that's hard. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Okay. You know what? I don't really eat there as much, but when I was younger, I used to eat there. And hmm, what would I throw off? Probably just like the soups. Like, I really just don't like them. (laughs) But they do a pretty good job of giving, like, good food and, you know, it's better than most school cafeterias. I feel like some of that stuff could just smell like uh, salad bars. Just the the hard boiled eggs they get to me after a few days. I'm like, just take these away. Like I'm good off of these. <laughs> Repetitive, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's me. But then you know, in terms of training at IMG from a tennis perspective, all of the different levels you were exposed to. Um, I guess how did that prepare you for the sort of early junior success you had when playing ITF events? Um, it really did. I got to play with obviously people who were better than me or getting to that level and then boys and girls. So just getting to play with like all kinds of different game styles and interacting with different kinds of people has, I mean, it's helped me tremendously off and on the court. And do you, do you feel like you've, you know, because you do that homeschool thing, you don't, uh, eventually you, you know, you're so focused on tennis that you can't go, you just can't balance the two schedules. Uh, do you feel like you've missed out on anything or is it because you're at IMG, you get to experience so many different people, you feel like it's leveled out? Yeah, well, actually I did, um, I did half of my, well, up until junior year, I did half of my school at IMG and the other half online. So I was, I was still in class every single day, like everybody else. But I think, yeah, because of IMG and just being around, like, all the different kinds of people, I didn't really miss out. Like, it, even though I'm, I've been to homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that counts. That's a real thing. I agree. You you know, the, again, you said earlier you were running around the house screaming, I'm done. I think everyone does that when you're done. So I, I completely agree with you there. Um in, in terms of your tennis and taking that seriously, you know, being at IMG, obviously there's always a higher level of seriousness, I suppose, than your average tennis uh, training. But when did you realize, you know, oh, I don't even want to go to college. I think tennis is the thing I'm going to pursue professionally from the start. Um, I think literally since I was like six years old, <laughs> I knew that tennis is what I wanted to do. But I'd say probably when like I got like the most serious about it and like made up my mind for sure when I was 13 and then it took took about a year a year and a half to convince my parents that (laughs) tennis was it for me and yeah so when you're 13 I believe you won the plantation grade four ITF was it that result where you were like yep I'm ready (laughs) I don't know I think I just I started playing like ITS and I was traveling with all my friends and going to different places and I was like, this is really the life I want to live. And it helps when you have that sort of success that you did. Obviously, you had a tremendous uh, 2017. You win uh, a grade one in Paraguay. You go on to win the Banana Bowl. You win the Junior French Open, on and on and on. But looking uh, even before that, uh, that that 
winter, I suppose, that December 2016, you make the semifinals of the Orange Bowl. And to do that at your age, obviously, I think you were 14 at the time, such an incredible accomplishment. Uh, was that one of those breakthrough moments? Because I feel like there, there's got to be something where it can launch you to have, again, the sort of confidence to where you're ready to turn pro age 15. Yeah, I think definitely, like, still to this day, like, I still remember it, was winning, like, 12 Orange Ball. For me, like, I mean, at that age, that's the Orange Ball and Eddie Hur, like, two of the biggest tournaments you can play. So, for me, that was, like, the big thing. And then two years later, getting to the semis of the 18s after, I don't know if I had a bad year, but in my mind, I thought, like, I was having a bad year and this and that. And I was like, wow, like, it moved my ranking to the top 100, and I was like, I'm going to get to play Grand Slams and go to the grade ones in South America. So, yeah, that was definitely a big thing. And then looking at that junior French Open run, and I'm trying to, you know, get all of these results in because, again, I know you want to go celebrate being done with school. Uh, that junior French Open, you obviously have a tremendous run on your way to the final. You win three three-set matches in your first three rounds. Then you beat, obviously, your close friend, doubles partner, Katie McNally, in the quarterfinals. This is a stupid question, and I acknowledge it's stupid from the get-go, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, you beat Katie in the quarterfinals, and then you guys lose in the quarterfinal round of doubles. Is there any hangover effect, and would you maybe attribute those two encounters being so close and saying they're related? Um, I don't know. We, were, we kind of struggled that whole tournament, obviously, in doubles, and I just remember after the match, in the French Open locker rooms, there's a little area with, like, the couches and the TVs to watch the matches. They were both sitting in there, and I was scared to pause there because I was like, like, dang, like, if she's so mad, I don't, I don't want to, like, add fuel to the fire, so I just let her be. And then five minutes before our match, we were like, oh, my gosh, like, we're going on. Like, we had no idea because the match in front of us finished so quick. So I think maybe just, like, not knowing we were going on through us off a little bit but as soon as we knew we were going on we started talking and she was all good so well, yeah the reason I ask is just because it's I can't even imagine like that's the most to play at that high of a level of an event that's it's such an incredible experience and you know the fact that I, the reason I want to ask balancing that is because throughout your junior career you know whenever you've played the double slams with Katie you guys have made you know a couple of finals along the way a semi-final just what do you attribute to having that sort of success and how you know how much do you enjoy the doubles given that i'm sure at this point your goal your goals are very singles oriented yeah i i i definitely prefer singles over doubles but katie not only is my doubles partner but my best friend so it's a lot of fun playing with her so i just enjoy being on the court with her and i mean i've lost her before and we've gone on to win the doubles the doubles finals after that so <laughs> We're yeah. we're very good at just like separating what happened there and going on court and playing and we've had good success together so yeah it's and it's been you know it's fun to see you guys have that sort of success um in terms of you know just again your junior career just kind of ending it I, I know you still technically are eligible but you end 2017 with that run you win Eddie Her, you win Orange Bowl uh starting with Eddie Her, I know I'm sure you've had success there before in your junior career but how cool is it to win you know that 18th title on your home courts oh yeah it was amazing um the previous years that I played Eddie Her 18, 14, 12, whatever it was, I didn't do well. So, and I knew that was my last year playing juniors, and I was 
I was honestly debating even playing Eddie here in Orangeville after the year I had, and then my agents and my dad were like, do it, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it, it's at home, I can stay in my house, and then playing the finals and seeing all of the coaches come out and all of my family come out, that was that was special. Yeah, I can only imagine that ending the year world number one. I mean, you, that trophy's on the top of the trophy shelf, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and how is the uh, the Champions Dinner, right? They do that in Paris the next year? Yes, I did. And I actually used it as like a vacation. My best friend um, <laughs> who's in college right now came with me and we just we toured around Paris and then went to the dinner. So that was, that was a pretty special trip as well. Any uh, starstruck moments at that dinner? Um, yes, actually, Monica, yeah, Monica Sellis, she, um, she was giving her a little speech and she mentioned that before my French Open finals, I like, I kind of used her court time. I just needed a few extra serves. So <laughs> I went like a couple of minutes in her court time and just like her mentioning that and remembering it. I was like, whoa, I'm, I'm known by Monica Sellis. <laughs> Yeah, that's an awesome. I mean, that's the sort of thing that comes with. Uh, it's just an awesome experience. That's what I'm trying to uh, hear. So, I guess uh, you know, moving forward, after you have that sort of success as a junior, uh, obviously you turn pro right away. But what is that transition like? Transitioning to the pro tour full time. How do you think the level differs between you know the highest levels of junior tennis and the intensity and struggle that is professional tennis? Yeah, I mean, I could get away with a lot of things in juniors that I couldn't with the pros, and just being around all the top pros and seeing the things they do has really taught me a lot, and it showed me that, yeah, I did well in juniors, but I have a lot more room to grow, so it's definitely taught me a lot, and I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, and in terms of, you know, week in, week out, you've obviously had some success, a couple of titles uh, under your belt, but I know, you know, in tw- uh, to end 2018, you won the girls' 18s nationals, so you got a wild card into the U.S. Open. Uh, you then obviously won the Australian Open wild card challenge, get into the first round there. Uh, what were those Grand Slam experiences like getting to play those at the professional level? Yeah, U.S. Open, it was fun, you know, not not really a fangirl of New York City hate to say it but I, I don't like it <laughs> not not my favorite place so but it was obviously a lot of fun playing my first ever main draw slam there and then going to Australia I'd never been to Australia either and I really I really loved Melbourne and that was also a special experience and playing that long long match against Bianca definitely taught me a lot about my game and it kind of showed me that I do belong there so yeah, and it was an incredible match, especially, you know, given the sort of success she's gone on to in 2019. It shows your level is right there. Uh, I'm curious for our listeners who don't know, when you're, you know, under 18, there are sort of restrictions in terms of how many events you're allowed to play uh, professionally. Does that get frustrating for you? Obviously, given your level, you know what you're capable of and how close you are. Uh, do those sort of rules kind of, you know, frustrate you at all? Um, I mean, of course being told how many tournaments I'm allowed to play is, is not going to make me happy, but my dad just always told me, do what you can do, and these are the rules, so you have to follow them. So I've been dealing with them, but obviously because finishing one and winning French Open gave me some extra pro tournaments that I was able to play, so that definitely helped a lot. 
Yeah. And again, the sort of success you've had kind of entering the year, uh, you win that wild card challenge, you win uh, a challenge or a challenge or a hundred thousand dollar event in Charlottesville, make a semifinal, I believe in Charleston the week after. Uh, how are you feeling about your game in 2019? It's been going great. I've had some good results and I'm still improving and learning about myself and I just I'm excited to start playing more WTAs actually (laughs) (laughs) and I think I speak for everyone we say we're excited to see how you do on the WTA level um how is playing Hopman Cup with Ferrer getting to fill in uh in that moment I loved it (laughs) 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 yeah I mean who doesn't want to play with David Ferrer he was honestly he was so nice and it was it was definitely a great experience, and I hope I can go play Hopman Cup for the U.S. one day. Yeah. Oh, wait, Hopman. no, they're taking, are they taking yeah. it away? I was going to say, I think it's away now. It's ATP Cup is that weekend, and I think, yeah, so, yeah, not a, not a fan either. I'm happy, hey, happy you got to play it before it went away, and I'm sure that's something uh, they'll bring well, I back. I played in the last Hopman Cup. Yeah, look, that's another thing. Put that right next to the number one world junior trophy. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Um, I do want to, add, in terms of your team tennis experiences, uh, I know you also got the chance to play Fed Cup, um, the Junior Fed Cup. You were a winner there, I believe, in 2017. Uh, I think you've also got to serve as a practice partner for the uh, professional level Fed Cup team. Uh, what What have you thought about just the team tennis aspect? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, I do. I mean, like I said, I like tennis because it's an individual sport, but it's always fun getting to play for something more than just yourself. You're playing for your, your entire country. So I'm excited to one day play for Coach Kathy and yeah, I love Kathy. <laughs> yeah, and again, that's another thing we'd love to see. Uh, in terms of the crop of young Americans and you know you guys having that success, it speaks to how many uh, good young American women there are right now out there. Um, what's it like when you have the peers of you know Katie McNally, Amanda Nisimova, obviously making the semifinals this week at the French Open, uh, Coco Gauff, Cece Bell, you could go on and on and on, but what's it like to have that group of peers to not only uh, compete against but sort of train with and throw ideas off of yeah I mean it definitely has made me a better player I'm able to see what they're doing and obviously we compete against each other so that pushes us to be better and also just I mean having like moments with some of those girls when we're when we were younger and now seeing where we all are I'm really proud of how everybody's doing so does it get competitive? I mean, is it a thing where it's like you see you know Amanda's making the semifinal and you're like all right it's time to get back out there yeah, of course. I'm like, Amanda's doing that. I'm going to do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, of that's course, the, but that's the that doesn't part. take away. Like, yeah. She's yeah. doing really well right now. So. Yeah. Has it been fun to watch? Have you gotten to see any of her run? Yeah, I did. I watched her match against Halep. Was yeah, I yesterday? Yeah, I think, that, I was, think yeah. it was like earlier today. How impressive was that? It's, it's amazing. Amanda's playing really well. I'm, I'm super happy for her. Yeah, it's it's incredible to see that sort of success. Well, then, um, I do want to do a rapid fire with you before I let you go. But one last serious question, just in terms of you know looking for, towards uh, the rest of the 2019 season and sort of looking at your goals. I believe you said last year you wanted to end this season top 300, and you obviously accomplished that. Um, what are the goals for you as you look forward to rounding, uh, you know, to finishing off going into the home stretch, the hardcore grass part of the 2019 season? Yeah, um, 
I, at the beginning of this year, I told myself that, and I wrote it down and everything, that I wanted to end top 150, but obviously I'm already there, so I have to push my goals up a little further, and I'm aiming for top 100 by the end of this year, and if we get there, then we'll keep pushing it up. (laughs) That's a great way to, it's always a good thing when you have to push up your goals, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so then on that note, there's one last thing I want to do with you, a little fun thing I like to do with all of our guests before we end the podcast, a rapid-fire segment kind of get you you know, some fun questions your way so our listeners have one last chance to a little bit, uh, learn a little bit more about you. Does that sound good? Yes. Awesome. Well, then, Westoff, cue the rapid-fire sound effect, please. All right, we'll start with this one. As opposed to asking favorite food, I heard the word on the street is you could live off of hot Cheetos. True or false? True. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, I think my friend was eating them one day, and I just, like, I, like stole I was hungry. I, like, took them, and I started <laughs> eating it, and I couldn't stop, and then I just bought them, and I kept eating them, and I kept eating them, and I was like, wow, I love hot Cheetos. <laughs> Makes sense. That that checks out. Um, you've said red clay is your favorite surface. How does that happen? Well, I want French Open, so it kind of has to. <laughs> Again, another great answer. Um, all right, we'll stick with this true or false theme. You only wear black socks. True. Again, what? I just don't like the look of white socks. <laughs> black socks just look so sophisticated and so nice and. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, then, are you an ankle sock person? Are you low cut? What are we looking at? Yeah, looking at low cut, you know. You can only see a little, little tiny bit of it, but enough of it. Oh, okay. No sock at all, but you're not a disgusting no sock wearer. I got it. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, then, um, true or false, favorite tennis player, Victoria Azarenka? True. Oh, again, I like all these. Uh, we'll stick with it. true or false. Your last name means warrior true oh see again i'm i've done my research i'm glad about that i kind of talk about that that's pretty cool yeah it is i i didn't even know that until i was like 10 years old and my dad was like giving me a little motivational speech you know and he's like you know what your last name means warrior you have to be a warrior yes i do dad (laughs) so when brad gilbert inevitably nicknames you the warrior will that be good or bad That'll be good. You know what? Brad, that'll be good. But Brad Gilbert has had so many nicknames for me. He called me the Pink Panther when I was younger because I always had something pink on me. So. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to – I'll go to the workshop. I'm going to think of a couple more, but that's not bad. Um, how about this? Favorite non-tennis athlete? Ooh, athlete? I don't, ha- I don't have one off the top of my head right now. How about go-to artist? Rihanna. Uh, I love it. Is she in the go-to warm-up songs? Oh, no. Nicki Minaj. Oh, <laughs> uh, we talking? What are we talking? Boom, 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 boom. That super bass? You have to listen to I'm the Best. <laughs> All right. I'm putting that on my list as well. Uh, a couple things to take out. Work on vlogging. Uh, check out Rihanna. I got it. Um. All right. We asked favorite, favorite city in the world. You said Paris. Yes. All right, we'll skip that. Are you a Harry Potter fan? No. Oh, devastating. I've never seen a movie. I've never read a book. I've only been to Harry Potter world. You know, the world world. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, no, I'm, um, that makes sense. Uh, do you have a go-to Netflix show? 
Oh, yeah. I've seen so many of them, but my all-time favorite is One Tree Hill, and I'm actually really mad because I went to rewatch it for, like, the third time, and they took it off of Netflix. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Trash. It's okay. Not uh, crying at all. Oh, that's devastating. Oh, I've never seen One Tree Hill. I've seen a bunch of Netflix, but I've never so I can't throw it on the list, I guess, anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, I like it. Well then we'll end with this one and it's not really rapid fire, but for our fans who are, you know, following you and wanna see your progress, I guess what should they expect from a Whitney Osigway tennis experience? Like on court tennis experience? Yeah, all of it. Uh well, first, I hope it's fun for them to watch, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you should just expect me to never give up. Like, no matter what the score is, I'll always be there fighting. So that's just yeah. that's Whitney for you. I, I love to hear it. And where, where, you know, you have your next few events scheduled out already? Um, yes, I will be playing two 100Ks, one in Manchester, one in Oakley on grass before then I'll play Wimbledon Quali. Awesome. Well, Whitney, good luck to you. Congratulations again on finishing your high school exams. And seriously, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Take care. You too. Bye.